On today's Locked On Bucks, the uh, Bucks prepare for another game in New York. Same city, different team, although I guess it's a different, different city or borough is, is different. Different borough, different team today for the Bucks, And an interesting matchup as it is not only a back-to-back for their opponent, but, man, you wonder how much uh, pressure they were playing with last night in the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get into that and what we mean by that. And uh, more importantly... I have a question for Camille and to anybody in the audience as well. Are the Milwaukee Bucks actually sputtering? We'll get into that conversation after this on today's Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked on Bucks. I'm Justin Garcia. You can hear me on the Bucks Radio Network. She is Camille Davis. You can hear her on the Technical File podcast and the Carry the G in MKE podcast as well. We thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Viewable on YouTube as well, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, Camille, we'll get to the matchup with the uh, Brooklyn Nets in just a moment here. But what I assume will take up uh, most of the discourse today and uh, comments that trickle in as well is, uh, look, and, and we should preface by I'm not the this publication hates the Bucks guy or ESPN just doesn't like the Bucks. I think there is something there with a site that's uh, run by a Boston sports guy and the Bucks have been <laughs> one of the larger rivals to the Bucks in the last couple of years. But um, the piece that came out on the ringer that I've already seen quite a bit of pushback from the usual suspects, I think the biggest name there is Ben Thompson of Stratechery and a big, big Bucks fan pointing out, wait a minute, the headline in your story recapping the Christmas Day games is the Milwaukee Bucks sputtering? Like, what am I missing here? If this piece was run a month ago, sure, I can buy into that. But this is a team that has won eight of their last 10 games. They had won nine straight games against the Knicks, which at some point that's going to come to an end. And, oh, by the way, they have the second best record in the Eastern Conference at eight and two mark in their last 10, same as the Boston Celtics who lead the East. And they're within striking distance of the Celtics. I know the Celtics beat them in their only matchup this season. But the five biggest takeaways, the piece from the ringer, five biggest takeaways from the 2023 Christmas Day games, the sputtering Milwaukee Bucks and more, the last line in there. Your reaction when you saw that? My first reaction was, this is an interesting title. Like, you're you're trying to get eyes in on here. It makes me feel like, like this was a... For the purpose of bringing people in to read this article, that's a great title because calling a 22 and 18 a sputtering team at the moment is a really interesting way to frame it. Like we've had conversations on here. So all the everydayers, they probably have heard this piece of it. But for myself, one of the biggest changes this season was adjusting to the fact that this was no longer a defense first team. And we know when Adrian Griffin was hired, he mentioned the fact like, hey, defense is my thing. Like, I want defense, 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 defense. But the reality of what this team is, is that this team is an offensive team. Like, that is just the reality of the situation. When you have Dane, when you have Giannis, Chris, Brooke, and Malik Beasley out there, 
Like this is a team that's here to get buckets. And we've seen in the fact that the Bucks have been one of the best offensive teams in the league so far. And meanwhile, that defense has been in the 20s middling at best so far. So it's a it's a adjustment of how we're viewing this team and what success will look like for them. It's no longer like, hey, we are going to get all the stops and then see if we can turn those stops into offense. It is now we are going to get buckets and we're going to try to get enough stops along the way to make this a win for us. And we saw in this game on Christmas against the Knicks. They weren't able to get enough stops this time around. And they also started off cold. So when you're an offensive team, that's just the way it goes. And I think more people have to come around now to the understanding. These are no longer the Mike Budenholzer Milwaukee Bucks that we've gotten used to seeing. These are now the Adrian Griffin Bucks with a whole different cast leading the show. With Damian Lillard and Yonta Decumpo being the two main guys there. It's different than when you had Drew Holiday there um, really going with that defensive culture. Yeah, and so... I suppose this comes down to uh, what timeline you're looking at here. If you're saying they're sputtering, because if you're saying that for the season as a whole, I mean, again, second best record in the Eastern conference, that defense dropped down to 20th. Once again, I think it was up to 18th or so for the season as a whole uh, after that game against the Knicks where as, as you mean, Frank touched on, it looked a lot closer to the first four games of the season than it did uh, what we've seen since but if we look at again that magic date of november 3rd so that's taking into account uh i believe 25 26 26 games bucks have won the, the most games in the league since that date they and the minnesota timberwolves have each won 20 the boston celtics have won 19 uh, the bucks have the second best defense in the league they have or second best offense that would certainly be something if they had the second best defense 13th in defense and fourth in net rating uh, behind the Boston Celtics, who are third. And if we look at December, very similar story as well. Bucks second best offense, trailing only the Celtics, as we've seen a lot of drop-off from the Indiana Pacers. Defense still 13th, but they're within striking distance of being in the top 10 there. And a net rating third, just behind the Boston Celtics, who are second. So, look, I get, and we've talked about this before, if we're comparing schedules played, sure, the Celtics have played a more difficult schedule, and the Bucs is going to be much more difficult once you get into, what, late February and March is when things really turn around for them. Um, but I think, number one, this is the exact type of schedule that you want because there's a lot of change, and John Horst said before the season, this is the most changed top to bottom he has ever been a part of, not just the player personnel, a new coach, new assistants. We're going to run things differently. Because 2021, that season, 50% uh, 50, 50 of the roster was new. You came in with 14 players. Seven of them hadn't been on the team before. And we said, look, it, it's not just Drew Holiday learning this team. It's Brooke Lopez learning Drew Holiday. It's Brooke Lopez learning how do I fit with Bobby Portis and, and some of those types of things. And it's the same thing this year, too, where it's not just, hey, Damian Lillard has to learn this offense. We saw those first, what, 15 or so games. No, we got to learn where Damian Lillard goes and you know he'll reroute after getting rid of the ball. He wouldn't get it back a lot of times early in the season. We've seen that change. So uh, the change that they've had to go through, they're getting better, and this is the type of schedule I would want to play going through that because once you've figured all of that out, you should be in a much better spot for a, a more difficult schedule. So I would just say sputtering is, is ridiculous, and that's a, yeah. an inaccurate way to, to frame it, but to your point, 
all of these headlines are are done for a reason. And look, if if you ask me today, playoffs start tomorrow, who's going to win the title? I would pick the Boston Celtics because they have clearly been the best team on both ends of the floor for these first 30 or so games. Uh, but as we've often seen, it's not who's playing best in December and right. in January. It's who's playing best or starting to get there in February, in March, and as you move into the playoffs. I'm not saying the Celtics have peaked out here, but if we examine those two teams specifically, it does feel like we're seeing the Celtics play at their ceiling right now, and the Bucs are still figuring things out, and, and they're, what, a game and a half back of them? Yeah, they are at the moment. And I saw in the comments, Tannis, I believe I'm pronouncing, if I'm mispronouncing your name, I apologize. But the comment that they had said the Bucks will never get the love they deserve from media, but media coverage is not the team's goal. Less imported drama is good for a team that is ironing out the creases of all the new pieces we have. And that really does sum it up. Like at this point for the Bucks, it's about running your own race, about figuring out what you have in-house and figuring out how to make this work the best with what you have. And you mentioned the fact that they're still learning offensively their spots, how they want to play together. I even was hearing them talking about the fact that they need to learn the angles of which to screen for Dame just to give him the best leverage to make the right move thereafter. Like there are so many little things in addition to understanding what people are going to be at on the floor because one thing with Bud's system was that it was that five out system. So you could always assume that somebody was going to be in one of those blue boxes at the top of the three point line on the wings and in the corners. So even Giannis, when he was, you know, making all the playmaking, like if he's passing out, he would just pass to one of those spots most of the time. So he's like, Hey, I know someone, I trust that someone's going to be here in this spot. And we saw over time adding in the dunker spot, adding in different wrinkles of that system. And it took him some time to get used to that as well. And now with this system here, getting used to the ball movement, getting used to how on defense they're going to be doing, implementing different things with different personnel out on the floor. So it's a learning, it's a learning curve, learning opportunity. And for all of the talk around the schedule, like no one controls who they have in front of them. The Celtics have been impressive in part because they've had a tough schedule so far. Right. And they've been top five in defense, top five in offense. So that's that's impressive. Like bravo to the Celtics for being able to figure things out against difficult competition. But I'm not going to knock the Bucks because they're playing, you know, more inferior, quote unquote, competition at the moment, because we know that the schedule is going to even out at some point. So as this Bucks team is learning and figuring things out. I'm I'm perfectly fine with them figuring it out right now against these teams because we're going to have a lot more season to go to see them against better comp. And as the season goes on, it's really about when you're playing teams as well because if you played the Pacers now since the NCAA tournament when they've been on this losing streak, it's like, oh, well, these Pacers don't have the same juice right now as they did you know, before the tournament when they were going crazy. So you can only do so much about that. But as a Bucks fan, like, I'm fine with where this team is at the moment. Again, it's some adjusting, getting used to the fact like, hey, this defense is, is kind of suspect. Can we clean this up? And you hear the players on the team mentioning the fact like, hey, we know we still can get better on that side of the ball as well as offensively. So we are just still figuring this out, getting better, working on it in film, so on and so forth. So I agree with you. Sputtering doesn't describe the Milwaukee Bucks accurately at this moment, uh, but it is a great headline to get people in to, to read an article. Yeah, and um, I think if we're going to use sputtering, you mentioned the Pacers, who the Bucks would play when they return home, and they have another mini series against. Like that's the team you would use sputtering for. I think they're 
They're four and seven in their last 11 since they beat the Bucs in that uh, semifinal game. I think they've gone four and seven, and those wins are three and seven. The wins against the Pistons, uh, the Hornets, the Rockets, and uh, a lot of uh, offensive issues that that team has, has started to run into, um, obviously with the defense out there. So I, I agree with all that. And the other thing, too, is um, the habits part that uh, was brought up, too. Um, I've seen this kicked around and, you know, it, it's one of the things that I don't know how much you can actually quantify it until we kind of move through this season. But the notion of, look, Bud grabbed that low hanging fruit, as we've talked about quite mm -hmm. a bit and raised this team's floor and ceiling, obviously, with a championship, but floor especially. Um, but the whole play random and some of those things, were you actually building the best habits? We know they built pretty good habits for the most part, defensively, there were still some things that uh, we saw addressed through the years, like overhelping and, and things of that nature. Um, but were you really building great habits offensively? Like, was this team a smart offensive team? And I think it, it's it's TBD on that one. It's tough to say yes. It's uh, it's more likely that you would say no, not really. And that's a challenge as well for Adrian Griffin of if you want to do things differently and think, well. Why did you do this or why did you do that? Breaking those habits, not just defensively, as we talked about, but offensively as well. And not only that, but trying to break some of those habits offensively with some established players like uh, Damian Lillard, not so much the habits part with the Bucks, but trying to get him to, hey, maybe we should try this. And especially without Terry Stotts, Giannis, who's won two MVPs and has been the best player on this team in franchise history at this point, Chris Middleton as well. So I think that's also part of the challenge that I think we have to kind of say this is going to take a little bit of time for us to, to break here and see this team moved in the right direction. It is. And thankfully, the NBA season is 82 games. So there is still time for them to figure it out again. Once we start getting past all-star break and we start rolling into real playoff pushes, at that point, you want to see the Bucks looking a lot different than they are currently here in December 2023 of the season. So there's still time at this point to see what this team will become. But early returns aren't like the end of the world when it comes to this team. So, again, sputtering at this point just isn't an accurate description of the team. I see Michael in the comments said, I think the Pistons are sputtering. I don't know if sputtering is, is uh, strong enough to describe what's going on in Detroit right now. Uh, yeah, what it, I think it's uh, four and forty nine since the All Star break, and and something like nine and fifty six or sixty six in this calendar year. So, uh, big big yikes city for the Detroit Pistons. We'll get into that uh, team and more importantly their opponents last night that the uh, Pistons had because that's who the Bucks play today. So we'll uh, we'll get into some of that and uh, continue to take some of your thoughts here on uh, whether or not this Bucks team is sputtering and the rest of the Eastern Conference after the break. Well, Camille, it is uh, time to talk to everybody about eBay Motors as our partners there have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Bucks Basket Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Uh, this week, taking a look at some of the players that Josh has uh, picked for his fantasy picks of the week. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Isaiah Hartenstein as we obviously saw him have a big performance in terms of the energy and hustle plays that he brought in that Christmas day matchup against the bucks, but Mitchell Robinson may be out for the season. They were hoping it was about a two month injury that keeps getting pushed back and they got to deal with Jericho Sims on the shelf as well. So Isaiah Hartenstein, the clear guy here as the big man in that rotation for Tom Thibodeau, though Taj Gibson, a uh, object of Tibbs affection is lurking, but still uh, Hartenstein is the guy out there. He is the clear ad. If he is available, Josh Lloyd from fantasy locked on fantasy basketball is going to help you win your fantasy basketball championship. And eBay motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same as with your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, brake kits, led headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. The eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So as you check out this uh, Locked on Bucks on YouTube, you got some other options out there as well for your basketball fix. Any fix. It's bowl season. We're getting into the midst of the uh, stretch drive for the NFL season and that playoff push for these final two weeks. And Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today. Here for you 24-7 to cover the top stories of the day with local experts. Plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So we mentioned the uh, Bucks have the Brooklyn Nets tonight, another road game. And it's a Nets team that I would assume a decent amount of Bucks fans saw their game last <laughs> night, especially if you have league pass, because they were playing the Detroit Pistons in a game that uh, if the Pistons lost would set the new single season consecutive losses record in the NBA spoiler alert the Pistons lost um but Camille this is interesting because the Bucks recently have started to catch some scheduling benefits with teams that are coming in on short rest it's going to change massively for the Bucks mm -hmm. uh, as that schedule gets more difficult but they've taken advantage of that in a pretty good way and they have another opportunity tonight where it's a younger Nets team not the youngest team in the league but still a younger than the Bucks team Night two of a back-to-back. -back. They were in Detroit, so they have to travel to New York. Bucks are already in New York. And, uh, look, another thing we talk about, things you can't quantify. I wonder how much more it added to that game last night in any pressure of we don't want to be the team that loses to this Pistons team. That has to be a huge motivation. You don't want to be that team that's like, ah, Actually, the Pistons just beat us. They've only won two games so far this season. They're on a historic losing streak at this point. So, yeah, you don't want to be that team. And they had an interesting schedule wrinkle with the Pistons as well because prior to last night's game in Detroit, they played the Pistons on Saturday in yeah. Brooklyn. So this was a back-to-back -back for the Pistons. When I – not to cut you off. When I saw the two games, I got it wrong because I assumed that that second one would be in Brooklyn since the Bucks are playing there. No. And 
yeah, that, that and for the Pistons, it was the same deal where they were traveling back home, traveling. So it, it's it's a strange schedule for all three of these teams. Super strange. So with that, I tuned in to the Nets Pistons game last night because I was like, I'm curious because people in the comments are mentioning it in regards to Bucks Knicks about how it's tough to beat the same team back to back. It's tough to beat the same teams over and over. So with the Nets and the Pistons, I was like, okay, you were in Brooklyn. Y'all won that game. Now you're going to Detroit and you know you have a game the following night back in Brooklyn against the Bucks. How are you going to respond to the Pistons here? Because the Pistons don't want to make NBA history and you don't want to be that team that they finally beat. So how is this going to actually shake out? And throughout most of that game, it's like, okay, the Pistons might really do it. And then the Nets just closed the door in the last couple of minutes, despite the best efforts from Cade Cunningham and the, the Detroit Pistons. So they got that weight off their bet. So it's like, okay, they took care of business against Detroit, and now you're back home to play the Bucks, who have been resting since Christmas at this point. So how do you respond to that? So the Nets are coming in on a rest disadvantage against the Bucks here. Um, and yet and still, you can't just automatically assume like, hey, the Bucs are going to win this game here tonight. It's an NBA team. But the Bucs come into this game as favorites, and they should be in this game. And cons- I mean, putting all of that into consideration about what the Nets have been going through recently on regards to like just the travel here and the schedule. So it should be a pretty good game. But whew, the Nets, I- I'm going to be curious to see how they come out the gate um, after what they've been through the last couple of days. Uh, you know, the interesting thing to me about the Nets is, is yes, that uh, like two of a back-to-back is always interesting to monitor for teams, but that added pressure of how does this team uh, respond is is also, it's a holiday week, essentially. You're, you're, you're basically, we're coming into the end of the calendar year, and we've seen teams handle these weeks differently. I saw a few of the comments as well questioning, did the Bucs kind of treat that as a vacation? Uh, look, what else are you going to do when you're spending a week in New York that you have a full week where you have a chance to say, all right, we can bring our families um, with us. But for this Nets team, what's interesting to me, and again, this is it, it just has to do with narratives that are out there, is there's a number of players you would point to on that Brooklyn Nets team and say, that's a nice piece defensively, especially um, we know about Mikhail Bridges and, and what he brings. I think a couple of the other names for the Nets have been kicked around all season long prior to the season as well by Bucks fans and, and other people projecting, I, I don't know, is this a guy that you would target if you were a team like the Bucs? Uh, if I were to ask you which of these teams has a better defense this season, I would assume you would choose the Brooklyn Nets, right? Right. No. I, I, the Bucks have a better defense than the Brooklyn Nets for the season as a whole. They have a significantly better defense than the Nets since that November 3rd date that we keep pointing to. And uh, same story for the month of December, where the Bucks are still about a point per 100 possessions better defensively than the Brooklyn Nets. So it's all about your team defense and how that fits together and obviously who you play on the schedule as well. But it's a lot of these things that we look at. And if you just zoom in to go back to the first segment and take this, man, what's wrong with this team? It's easy to just pull up NBA.com and look at those stats and say, man, the Bucs have the 20th rated defense. What's going on there? But when you examine further and see, well, they changed this after four games, and it's actually been this number since then. Or taking a look at the rest of the league, too, that it's not as simple as, man, the Bucs gave up 110 points again. Well, that happens to every team on a nightly basis. And where the Bucs are, that not only since that November 3rd date and, and in the month of December especially, are the Bucs 13th in defensive rating, but 
they're less than a point away from being in the top 10. So it's it's all about how you shape these narratives of, oh, I didn't realize that, that this team actually has a better defensive rating than this team or that they're this close to being there. Narrative definitely does shape perception, but it's also interesting too because there is still a segment of people who, it's just eye test. Like they're not going to dig into whatever the numbers are saying and whatever team you're watching more of, you're going to be able to pick out more flaws, more things that you would want to change. And to your point about pulling up the stats and looking at where the Brooklyn Nets defense ranks, I'm not sure many people think about Brooklyn at this point since the KD trade and losing all the star power. Like they're a young team with a bunch of pieces and it's kind of like, well, how does this all gel together at the moment? So it's an interesting uh, thing to go and look at the actual numbers and see where everybody stands because a lot of people just watch like there's that you know the meme with the guys on the bus and one's looking out the window and it's all dark and jury and other sides all sunshine people always say like the the dark side is when people are looking out the window like oh man the advanced stats tell me that so-and-so's not good and then the other side looking out is like oh hey that boy nice like look at how he hooped like that that's that's, that's some good basketball happening so there tends to be a disconnect with that a lot with NBA fans and how they dissect the game and how they ingest the game and how they make sense of what they're seeing. So I think the Brooklyn Nets are an interesting uh, litmus test with that um, based on how people take a look at them. And maybe even after, after last night, because I think they had more eyes on them last night just to see if history was going to be made, seeing how they were able to close that game. I'm like, wow, they got some, some interesting young pieces. Although the flip side to that could be, Man, they let the piston like the pistons really push them to to the end of the game here. Yeah, gave them everything they could handle. And look, yeah. my big takeaway because I have I have not been the biggest Cade Cunningham fan these last couple of years, and part of that is what's around him. That you know what we, what could we realistically expect? But if you were in that category, you watched the whole second half last night. You came away thinking, okay, maybe this is actually the guy we thought he would be with the number one pick. And it's just how, how can you grow a flower that's planted in cement? That that may be what Cade Cunningham is uh, is going through for the uh, the Pistons. So we'll uh, we'll take a look even closer at this Nets team and, and get to a couple of more of the comments that come in. Is uh, it seems to be a hot button issue here for Bucks fans, and you knew it was going to happen when you saw all the tweets out there of, of whether or not this team was uh, sputtering or not. We'll get into that coming up uh, after the next break here. But it's time to uh, talk to you about our friends at uh, Game Time, as uh, I've talked before about some of my ticket buying experiences and uh, the thought of, man, I wish I would have just used Game Time for one specific instance where I went through a number of issues. I would not have experienced that with Game Time. When you're out and about, especially if you're not in your own city, you don't want to worry about buying tickets to your next big event. You want everything to be made easy for you. And that's what Game Time does. They give you that peace of mind, fast and easy way to buy tickets to sporting events, music shows, comedy acts, theater events, anything you can name near you. They've got last minute killer deals. You can see your all in price as well. And more importantly, especially if you're in an unfamiliar venue, you can see the views from your seat. And the best of all, you get their guaranteed best price guarantee. They take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Whether it's last minute ticket deals that you're searching for, flash deals at game time apps, it's easy to find and buy those tickets to any event in your area or any area 
for that matter. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of that event. And even an hour after it starts, it's place to find your last minute seat deals. You can find exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater. Again, anything you can think of, you can find your deals at game time. So download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Again, locked on NBA is that code L O C K E D O N N B A. Use that code on the game time app and you'll get $20 off your first purchase terms apply download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So this Bucks uh, sputtering team here, uh, Camille, it's it's just interesting. Is there are certainly issues to address, and I, I do think, and, and I've seen this pop up a few times in the comments of today's show, but elsewhere as well in some of the chatter about the Bucks, it's okay to say, "Look, I'm not sure about this team yet." I think a lot of us are there where you can see the positives and you can say, "Okay, best case scenario, I've seen this work," and I, I think this is one thing we'll see in the playoffs. Worst case scenario, we still got to improve this. We got to fix the defense. And there's been way too many instances of getting better, getting better, taking a step or two backwards. So that's been an issue there that you need to address. And it's going to be difficult with the assets uh, that the Bucs have. But as I look around the league, it's fair to question some of these things and say, I, I just don't know where the Bucs are at right now. I don't think they're sputtering and I don't think they're a disaster. And there's other teams that came in with very, very high expectations uh, that I would point to and say, well, I'm a lot more concerned about this team than I am the Bucs. Ooh, wait, I need to know what, what teams those are. Who are you? Well, who? I mean, uh, I, I think the obvious one would be the Phoenix Suns, who oh, same thing as the Bucs. And look, they haven't had Bradley Beal for essentially all of the season. But right. also, what did you expect when you, you brought in Bradley Beal? If you were hoping he was going to play 75 games, to quote Wade Barrett, I'm afraid I got a bit of bad, bad news. news. Yeah. So that's certainly been part of it. But all the things we've talked about with the Bucks, I mean, it's right there with, with Phoenix as well. The offense has not been as crisp. We've seen that start to turn around with the Bucks. The defense has been an absolute disaster. And if you think the Western Conference is more difficult than the East, which is a pretty fair assessment, they got a lot of work to do because right now they're on the outside uh, looking in. Clippers are another team that I don't know if I'd say they're in a worse spot than the Bucs, but very similar to the Bucs where they've dealt with a lot of inconsistency. It does seem like they've started to turn things around and, and push it forward now. Um, their defense has picked it up, but they're dealing with change too. So there's just a lot of these teams that went through a lot of change in the offseason that aren't coming out setting the world on fire, which is to be expected. Absolutely. And to your point, I'm not sure if we said it live on this episode yet, but we are recording this live on YouTube. So we have the comments coming in, which is what we've been referencing. And to your point, I don't think that it's unfair for any Bucks fan to look at this team and say, hey, I'm not really sure yet. And it's a few different reasons why that could be right. Again, we're used to seeing this Bucks team perform a certain way. For years, we've talked about, hey, defense wins championships, defense wins championships. And now it's like, oh, now that we don't have as much defense, now the now the, the line is, well, offense can win championships as well. But if you look at history, you can point to the fact that the Denver Nuggets, right, 
not a world beater when it comes to defense, but it's like you have to be good enough to not be a sip. Like you got to be good enough to not just leak points so that your offense can never catch up to whatever it is that the other team is doing. So to any Bucks fans who's like super confident, like we're going to win the championship, I could see how you would feel that way. You have key star power with Giannis and Dame, and that talent alone can get you pretty far. If you're somebody who's like, I'm not sure about this team, and you're pointing at the defense, and you're like, I got questions, or I have questions about the coach. I'm not exactly sure when it comes down to it, if he's going to be able to make the right adjustments, put the right people in the game. I think that's all fair. And that's the thing with the discourse around the Milwaukee Bucks that's so interesting where I feel like people feel like you have to see it one way. But the reality is like there's a few different ways you can take a look at it. But I think that most people can all agree like the Bucks aren't sputtering at the moment. You can say like, hey, is 22 and eight fools go? Like is this, are they really not as good as this record would suggest? And hey, looking at who they played, I, I think that record is fair. And I mean, even some of the losses that they had were games that they could have won for the most part outside of a couple of blowout games. So this Bucks team is growing, it's learning, and the fan base around it is also still trying to figure out what to make of this team as we're watching it develop. But in my opinion, I think we have a solid team that can compete for a championship. And outside of the talent you have on the floor, like you need some good for you need health. First and foremost, you've got to be healthy to get to that championship. So if the Bucs can make it through this season healthy, ready to roll, like I feel good about their chances. you got to also have um, some luck. Normally that has a little play in it as well. And you also got to play well. So as long as the Bucs are starting to play their best basketball after All-Star break heading into the playoffs, like I'm good with that. What we have right now, I said it earlier in the show, if we're still looking like we're figuring things out as we are now in a few more months, then I'm going to ring some more bells and some alarms like, hey, what's really going on right now? But right now where we sit, like I think that the Bucks are in all right shape. Like we're still figuring out what they're going to be in. I think that's all right. Yeah, and I think um, as we wrap things up here, two comments that I do want to get to in the, in the comments section. But look, 22 and 8, they've had the benefit of, of playing – a relatively soft schedule. I think it's been the, the seventh easiest in the league or somewhere around there. Um, but they and Philly have played a very similar schedule. We talked about this last week. Philly's getting a lot of love because they're blowing teams out. Bucks had to rely on a lot of clutch wins, which we haven't really talked about a lot recently. We haven't used that word clutch because they've added a little more separation in those uh, those wins recently. But to me, the big thing is just win these games, right? I'd, I'd rather see this team struggle through winning the games than dropping them. Sure, they're winning these games early, especially. They're probably winning them on talent alone when you have Damian Lillard and Giannis and Chris is the third option and, and Brooke the fourth. Uh, but it's it's still important to win those games because you know you don't want to get to the point where we're, the conversation we had about teams like the Clippers and the, the Suns of, man, how is this Bucks team 16 and 14 through 30 games? And then you have to start to leapfrog some teams as your schedule gets more difficult, because you don't want to drop down to like fourth or fifth in the Eastern Conference and have to deal with a lack of home court, tougher matchups in the first round when we already saw this team go out in the first round a year ago. So that's the important part um, to me. The two things I, I did want to get to, the uh, comment, the offense is not elite. They have guys that can score in the regular season. Playoffs are different. Teams that wall off Giannis will put a lot of pressure on Lillard. The offense is elite. Um, and look, we can only judge it on the regular season numbers so far. It is elite. It would be, if it weren't for the two teams in front of them, 
the best statistical offense in the history of the league right now. Uh, Damian Lillard has changed that, and, and we've talked about this ad nauseum. I'm sure we'll get into it a lot more as we move closer to the playoffs. You've seen the reason why you make the trade for Dame, mm-hmm. and I think the last five years were the biggest reason, too. Of He can juice the offense. He can get you some half-court scoring, and you just weren't getting that with Drew Holiday. You're getting locked down defense for the most part, uh, but you got a lot of inconsistent offense and teams that would just say, we'll let Drew take that. We We don't trust him to be a knockdown shooter. To the last point, uh, it's one or the other. So those teams that would wall off Giannis, you can't take out both Giannis and Dame. So I don't necessarily disagree that as much as we've talked about Damian Lillard changes things in the offense because he can take and make shots in the half court, which other than Chris Middleton, the Bucks are really void of these last five years in the playoffs. Uh, I don't disagree that teams are going to make him more of a focal point, but that means Giannis isn't going to have to work as hard. And that was one of the bigger issues is – he kind of took everything on himself and figured I got to do all the scoring here and start to force things. And, and there's no real reliable mid range shot, at least last year. And, and that becomes even more difficult when teams are defending you of that nature. So I, I get the three versus two argument and what that would mean. Uh, but it's one or the other that you're going to be able to slow down. If that's, if that's your defense uh, or how you approach it defensively against this Bucks team. And one thing that we have seen this season that's been interesting is Giannis and Dame have mentioned the fact that they were surprised when they were rolling pick and roll how crowded everything was because teams are still in the regular season keying in a lot of defensive attention on the two of them. Um, So they've been trying to figure out how to break that down. You've seen Giannis going through walls already um, against certain matchups in the regular season. It's not necessarily new to him to see that wall, but what is new is having Dame with him as well to help with that gravity, to help draw. And then that puts Chris Middleton in a position that he hasn't been in with this Bucks team where it's like, hey, you're going to get a lot more open looks on the weak side if we're kicking the ball out to you because of the tension that we're drawing. So the, the chess matchup come playoff time is going to be really interesting with how defense is really trying to key in to take away Giannis and Dame. And then what does that do for a Chris and a Brooke and at this point, Malik Beasley, because that's when the offense can really shine because you can't leave someone like that open. So it's going to be a chess match for sure uh, come playoff time. But I think the Bucks have enough pieces to make defenses have to make some really difficult decisions. And I'm not sure how a defense can take everything away from the Bucks. Yeah. And the, the last one I want to get to from Ron Um can we say yet the Bucks salary cap, what it will allow them to do? Don't have any idea what an apron is. I just know what can I get for, for these players. So we we talked about this as well last week a little bit. Uh, I had some conversations with Frank and uh, with our, our buddy Eric Name as well. None of us are still too sure. Uh, I think I mentioned this on, on one of the last shows. The the last thing I saw showed the Bucks were maybe 200000 under that second apron. Um, I don't know if that's taking bonuses into account, though. I was going off of Nate Duncan's cap sheet, so I'm not really sure. All we know is they're very close to the second apron. If they're over it, just to simplify it, what it means is um, you can't sign buyout players that were higher than a mid-level exception or a mid-level exception or higher signing, So, which is a, a, a pretty big majority of the buyout guys. You can't add any of those. And the more important one on the Bucks uh, front is you can't aggregate contracts. So in other words, if you're trading for a player that makes $11 million, you can't take a $9 million contract and a $2 million contract 
and to send that out, you would have to send like for like. So you could combine deals, but it would have to be, we're taking an $11 million contract and we're adding you know, a $2 million contract to a team that can absorb that money because that other contract, that, that smaller one is basically the sweetener, but we're matching on this one deal. Um, so that would be a very, very big hindrance to the Bucks, who again, have no first round draft assets to uh, to deal here. And even their second round picks are starting to get limited. Um, so being in that second apron would uh, would be very much disastrous for the Bucks in any hopes of adding any players around the trade deadline. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Bucks and uh, the Nets tonight uh, should be a fun one just to see how this team responds uh, with some more off time in New York and uh, finally getting out of that city of New York and heading to Cleveland for their final game of 2023. Hard to believe that that uh, is already coming to an end this week, but uh, the Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets tonight from Barclays Center. We will have the post game and to recap that one for you later on this evening, you'll have the audio show tomorrow morning as well. And uh, look, for those of you subscribers on YouTube that are in the chat and were able to take this one in live, you see the benefit of being a Locked On Bucks subscriber on YouTube because we we typically promote these shows and we mentioned we're going to try to make it a staple to do Sunday morning recordings as well, Camille. But sometimes we just talk late the night before and say, do you want to just go live tomorrow morning? And say, yep. sure, let's do it. So if you're a subscriber, you're getting those shows as they happen. Uh, we'll have the post-game show later on this evening to recap hopefully a Bucks win over those Brooklyn Nets and uh, start to look ahead to the, the rest of the calendar year, which is always uh, just around the corner, I should say. For Camille, I'm Justin. We'll talk to you guys once again later this evening and tomorrow morning.